everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Byword Show. I'm so glad you're here. It's going to be a fun episode today. You're just getting me, but I am, I'm feeling it today because you know what? By the time you're listening to this episode, the day it comes out, it will be my birthday. And I'm one of those people that just really loves birthdays. <laughs> um, and so I just thought, you know what? I'll do an episode about my birthday. Not about my birthday, but in honor of my birthday, I guess. Anyway, I wanted to do this episode because you know how some people sometimes do like X amount of things I've learned in X amount of years. That's kind of the idea today. So I'm turning 28 today and I just thought I would do an episode telling you 28 things that I have learned in my 28 years of living. Um, my only credentials are that it's been my 28 years of existence. So <laughs> hang with me. They're not all deep. Some of them are really practical. Some of them really don't need much of an explanation. I'm just going to dive in. I've got my smoothie with me here. I don't know if you guys know this, but I actually worked at Smoothie King for six years off and on, and I still love smoothies. I will never get sick of them. So yeah, got my classic peanut butter banana, a little bit of spinach, some chocolate protein powder. Oh my goodness. It's so good. Anyway, diving into this list because I don't want to be here all day, but I do want to share all of these things with you. I was excited sitting down and making this list. So let's just get into it. Number one, stop caring what people think. Oh my gosh. If I could have gone back in time and told myself one thing, I think it would be this because like how often do the opinions of others hold us back in life? And it's so silly because we hear it all the time. Like do it anyway. Like don't care what other people think. Just be yourself. Da da da. Like whatever. But truly the thing is, and it took me so long to learn this. I don't know why. Nobody is thinking about you as much as you are thinking about you. And that's kind of like some tough love. But honestly, I think about other people who are self-conscious about things or maybe a friend who's come and said something like, oh my gosh, I just like, I'm so embarrassed about this. Or like, what are people going to think? And I'm like, truly, uh, that wasn't even thought in my mind. It's like, man, how often do I go about my life obsessing over what other people are thinking about me? when they probably are not even giving it a second thought. Like nobody has the time to sit down and analyze my life like I would, you know what I mean? And so don't let that hold you back. Just quit it. Don't worry. It's a waste of time worrying about what other people think. And that's my two cents on that. Number two, you don't need an accent wall. <laughs> this is like, I had to put this on the list because for whatever reason, I could not get it through my thick skull that I did not need an accent wall. And let me tell you a brief history of accent walls in the Hughes home. When we got married, for whatever reason, I was in this phase of life where I was very into like whatever the trends were, like looking at Pinterest, what other people were doing. And I did not have my own sense of style. And that is this whole other conversation. But we built a barn dominium, which is what we still currently live in. And it's a huge blessing. I mean, my dad and Christopher and some other people helped to build this whole thing from scratch. And so we got to pick out our floors and the counters and the paint and all of this stuff. But here's the thing. I did not have my own sense of style at the time. And so my choices were not the timeless classic, like, things that I would choose now. And so at the time, oh gosh, this is so embarrassing. At the time I was obsessed with marble. I'm telling you obsessed. Everything in my life had to be marble. Now I literally could not care less about marble, but we got like all of these marble, not real marble, but like laminate countertops and 
I had this blue accent wall that went across our our wall that was um, connected to our living room and kitchen. It was like this Tiffany blue with marble everything. And I just hated it so quickly. (laughs) And so that is one example. Then in our bedroom, we don't have, because we're in a barn dominium where our house is inside another building. I don't know if this makes sense, but basically our bedroom does not have real windows that open to the outside. It opens up into another building. So we don't have natural light. And I was always trying to think of ways to like brighten up our room. And so at first we did this shiplap wall. And again, didn't take long for us to hate that. So we ended up taking it down like a year later. And then we painted the whole wall green. And at first I was like, oh my gosh, I love it. But then I was like, it's so dark in here. And now I hate the screen color. So I was like, you know what? I should have known by now. I've learned my lesson. We just need to keep it neutral. Keep it simple. Let's paint it all white. So now our room is entirely white because you know what? If I want to change it up with accents, I can change my pillows. I can change my blankets. I can change my wall art, those kinds of things. I don't know why it took me 28 years to learn this, but I finally learned it. And so (laughs) that is something that I laugh about now, but honestly, you guys, it took me so long to figure this out. Just just go neutral. Keep it simple. That's a theme in my life. Anyway, number three, tattoos. Let's talk about tattoos. If you didn't know this, I have quite a few tattoos. I think I've got maybe close to 20 at this point all over, mostly on my arm. But anyway, my brother is a tattoo artist now, so I'm kind of spoiled and always thinking of new ideas. And when I go visit him, I usually get another one. But here's my rule of thumb for tattoos that thankfully has been my rule of thumb since the beginning. If you have an idea for a tattoo, think about it for at least six months, ideally a year. And if you still want it after that time, get it. Because here's the thing, tattoos are permanent, right? So you want to make sure it's something you want on your body long-term. So if you're thinking about it for like a week and you're like, yeah, I'm going to get this tattoo. That's fine. You do you. Okay. But for me personally, I've just learned because I tend to be drawn to trendy things sometimes. I don't want to put something on my body that I will eventually regret. And so that's been kind of my rule of thumb that I always recommend for people who don't have a tattoo yet or are thinking about getting something. I'm like, okay, just think about it for a while. And if you still want it, get it. Number four, kind of going along with this, don't follow trends. I mean, it's fine if you follow trends, but don't like make a trend your whole personality. Like me with marble, that was a mistake. (laughs) But especially... Like I think about social media for this or like branding or decorating, whatever. There's so much, not maybe pressure, but there's so much emphasis on finding your niche, finding your style, finding your trend, like whatever. And I just think if you buy things that you like, if you decorate with things that you like, if you post things that you like, you will organically and authentically find your niche and create your niche because it's all stuff that's true to you. If you are trying to follow trends and only wear or decorate or buy stuff that is trendy, then that's not unique and original to you. So if you're somebody who's like trying to find your own style, just just go to what you are naturally drawn to. Like get off Pinterest for a while, stop scrolling trends on social media and just Think about what you actually like. I wish I had done this so much sooner in life because now I feel like I've found my personal style. I'm really drawn to neutrals and minimal type styles. And um, yeah, I feel like I've just kind of found myself in my own niche and my own style because I've just stopped comparing myself so much, I guess, to other people and just 
gone with what I like. And it's like created this unique style that's unique to me. So anyway, that's my little tangent on that. Number five. Oh my gosh, this is such a huge lesson lesson I wish I would have learned sooner in life. And that is rest. Oh my goodness. And this is something we hear about a lot now, probably because as a society, we're just so burnt out. <laughs> but I wish that I would have learned sooner in life to prioritize rest proactively rather than waiting until I was exhausted and burnt out and forced to prioritize rest because it's just not a fun experience. If you've experienced burnout, you know, it's just not something that you want to go through. It's just, you just feel so beat down. And so I've learned now just to carve out time proactively to rest. And that looks different for everybody. I'll talk a little bit more um, in some of these other points about what that has started to look like in my life, but truly prioritize your rest, prioritize your rest, prioritize your rest. It's so, so important. Number six, be intentional about friendships and community, especially when it's easier not to, or when you would rather not. So this has been so huge in my life is just being surrounded by encouraging like-minded community that can pray for me and lift me up and pull me out of a funk or that I can grow with who will like people who will challenge me and, you know, point out the good things about me and just continue to help me become a better version of myself. And I'm an introvert, so it is definitely easier. And it's like, I tend to most of the time go inward and like being by myself. I like being alone. Like I would just rather be locked up in a room with a book. Like that's, I'm happy with that. (laughs) But I know how important community is now because I've been in seasons where I would not have made it through if I was not surrounded by people who love me and were helping me through it. And so if you are not in community or if you don't have good relationships and friendships around you, find some. And I know it's hard as an adult. I did an episode with my friend Molly Wilcox about friendships a while back. It's so good. If you haven't listened to it, definitely go back and listen because it's just it's hard as adults making friends, right? Like if you're not involved in a church or involved in a club or some sort of group where you're meeting new people, it's so hard. Um, but get out there. I feel like it's so worth it when you can start finding your people, whether that looks like um, joining an interest group in your city or going to a workout studio or someplace, like even at your job to meet people and you know, go out for coffee, go to lunch. Or if you're a mom, like find a mom's group because we can't do life alone. And you've heard me say it before. We can't do purpose without people. Like if we're doing all the great things, but we don't have people with us, what's the point? And so community is so, so key. And I cannot recommend that enough. Number seven, keep it simple. Like I said, this is truly going to be a theme because in the past few years, this has been one of the biggest lessons I've learned. And I've talked about this with style and with home, but really in everything, keep it simple with your job, with your to-do list, in relationships, even in your faith. Just why do we overcomplicate things so much? I was having a conversation with my small group the other day about how as women, especially, we just overcomplicate everything. And I don't know why we do this, but no one's asking us to. Like, There's no expectations for us to go above and beyond like we tend to do overanalyzing things and and making things so complex. Keep it simple. Um, Especially in my faith, I feel like I've just gotten to a point where it's like growing up, I was very works driven or felt like I have to earn approval from others and from God and earn love and things like that. But it's 
no one is requiring all of these crazy things from me except myself. And so I'm learning to simplify, um, especially in my routines. Like I used to have this 20 step <laughs> program every morning for my morning routine. And it's like, that is great if that's the season you're in. But as a mom, I cannot do all the things that I did when I was in my early twenties, single, no kids, having like all of this margin in my schedule, <laughs> answering to nobody. Right. And so just simplify, like take pressure off of yourself. Where can you simplify? Can you declutter your home? Can you do a digital declutter? Oh my gosh, I would love to do an episode on this. If you want a digital de detox episode, please let me know because this is something I could go on about for so long. Just like clearing out unnecessary notifications, apps from your phone, all of these things, just simplifying your life brings so much freedom because I'm sure you've heard about how clutter in your environment can cause stress and anxiety and overwhelm. It's the same in everything. If we are adding clutter in whatever sense, like trying to maintain a hundred relationships at once or trying to do a hundred things on your to-do list, like it's just not sustainable long-term. And so a key is simplifying. You'll probably hear me say it 20 more times. <laughs> Next, number eight, just be honest. <laughs> this sounds so simple, but really I used to be such a people pleaser, guys. I I want to say, I was about to say, I wish you knew me back then, but I'm glad if you didn't, that you didn't because this girl was a mess. I was such a perfectionist, still recovering. But I was such a people pleaser, um, just didn't want to upset everybody. I was afraid of speaking my mind. I was afraid of speaking at all because I didn't want to upset anybody or offend anybody or be disliked or rejected in any way. But like, honestly, I've gotten to a point now where I just really value honest, straightforward communication. I don't have time to beat around the bush anymore. Maybe it's just my season of life becoming a mom. I'm like, okay, we don't have time to waste. Let's get to the point. <laughs> but I just have really come to value getting to the point and being honest. If there's something that needs to be said, like a kind confrontation, I guess I could call it. Like if there's something that needs to be brought up or if there's something awkward going on in a relationship, just bring it up. Like, I wish I would have known that because I had so many relationships when I was younger that felt like, oh my gosh, I don't know if they're upset with me and da da da. It's like, why didn't I just bring it up and ask like, hey, is there anything going on between us? Like, I'd love to talk about it. Why was that so hard for me? I don't know. But now I'm at a point where I'm like, let's just be honest about it. <laughs> Next, number nine is reading. Oh my gosh. If you've followed me for a while or you know me, you know that I'm a major bookworm. And this is something that is recent for me. In 2020, I got really into personal development, like obsessed. And I started reading all of these self-help personal development nonfiction books. And I loved it. Uh, but I got really maxed out on information. And so last year in 2021, I made a rule for myself to read one fiction book for every nonfiction that I read. And I read 80 books and most of them were fiction. And so I just rediscovered this love for reading, not only because of what I can learn, but also because it's just such a relaxing hobby that I can do before bed instead of scrolling. And it's just so fun. Like, how did I forget how fun reading is? I don't know, but it's also been cool too, because I post about my books on Instagram. If you don't follow me, I also have a bookish Instagram page. If you're into it, like come and hang out over there for more book content, but it's just so fun finding community with people who also love reading. I don't know. It's another world, but it's just been so fun. So reading is something I wish I would have learned to appreciate more sooner in life. Number 10 is enjoying food with balance. Oh my gosh. Um, if you didn't know, if you didn't listen to my episode with Nita, or if you haven't heard 
before I struggled with eating disorders for a really long time when I was younger for like almost seven years. And I just wish even in my recovery, I would have given myself so much more grace because eating disorders are a hard thing to explain if you haven't had one and it, and maybe you don't understand. But for me, it was very legalistic of just very labeling foods as good or bad and feeling guilty if I ate bad foods and keeping a score and like, I need to eat better. And just this constant cycle of shame and guilt and labeling and legalism and stress, honestly. And I wish that I, or actually, this is something that I've learned just to enjoy food with balance. It's like, okay, we want to go have a date and go to crumble. Let's do that. And I can enjoy it without feeling like, oh my gosh, I just ate this bad food. Now I need to go to the gym. Now I need to eat salad for the next week. No, it's okay. It's okay to enjoy food. It's not the end of the world. And that has been something that's been so freeing for me in recent years, really. Number 11, try new things. This is something that I've learned in recent years as well. And it's been honestly so fun. I read Big Magic last year and it was so good. And there's a part in there that I have found myself telling more and more people about recently because it just keeps coming up in my own life. And it's this idea that what if our ideas are nudges that actually reveal things that make us really come alive. And so for instance, I wanted to start this podcast for so long. And I'm so glad I finally did because it has ended up to be just such a fulfilling passion for me. Like I just love it so much and I wish that I would have started it sooner. And so that same idea is like, what other ideas keep coming in your mind that might be a key that helps you just find your purpose or find fulfillment or find a bit of joy in your life. And so something on my list is trying pottery. I have never done pottery, but I've wanted to for such a long time. So that is on my, maybe I'll do another birthday bucket list this year. I don't know if you guys were around last year, but on Instagram, I made myself a birthday bucket list of things that I wanted to do in my birthday month. And it was so much fun. So anyway, all of that to say, try something new. It's so fun. You just never know what things you might fall in love with. That would bring you joy. Number 12, this might sound silly to you, but (laughs) for someone who has grown up, thrifting primarily like every article of clothing or every thing in my closet. Um, I've learned it's okay to spend money investing on quality items. That was such a hard one for me because I used to be the girl that was like, you want me to spend more than $5 on a pair of jeans? I don't think so. (laughs) But I've just learned that it is okay. And it's actually really good to spend the money on things that are going to last you a long time. Like coats or shoes or a good pair of jeans, because although it's really great and sustainable to thrift, like I will never stop thrifting. Don't hear me say that, but I've just found that, you know, if I thrift a pair of shoes that's already worn, I will have to replace it sooner than I would if I was investing in a good quality pair that would actually last me a long time. So that has been a really good lesson that I've learned recently. Uh, that's been really great because now I have some really good quality items in my closet that will last me a really long time. Number 13, this is kind of a random one, but I wanted to throw it in there because it is something that I've learned in my 28 years that has been shocking to me and also to other people that I share this with. And it is that coffee is one of the top 
three industries for human trafficking. If you have not listened to my episode with Abigail Ernesty, go back and listen because we talk a lot about this um, and how coffee, chocolate, and bananas are the biggest industries for forced labor trafficking. A lot of emphasis is put on sex trafficking when we're talking about human trafficking, but forced labor actually takes up the majority of the issue. And so coffee is one of the very top ones. And that is why personally, I do not drink coffee. I just... I don't know. There, it's nothing against you if you do like drink your coffee. There's tons of amazing fair trade options out there. But just for me, that's just one simple way that I just deny fueling the demand for human trafficking in my own way. And it's not that I dislike coffee. Like I used to drink coffee a lot. Um, and I may in the future again, but I've just gotten used to not drinking it. So, and plus I just am obsessed with chai. If you know me, you know, like I, <laughs> I would always prefer a chai, but yeah. So that was something that I learned that I thought was really shocking. And most people are really uh, fascinated to hear that as well. Number 14, decide what is enough. This has been so huge for me. I was explaining this to somebody recently and I don't know why it's not, uh, gosh, like I feel like these lessons are things that I wish somebody would have told me so much sooner in life because I am, how do I explain I'm three on the Enneagram. So if this makes sense to you, maybe this is a good way to put it. I'm a very high achiever. I can work myself to the bone really quickly. And so something that I've had to learn in recent years is deciding what is enough. And this has been a huge game changer because I'm the kind of person where if I finish a task and I still have time in, in the day to work, I'll be like, okay, what, what's the next project I can start? But sometimes that leads to another couple hours of working and I'm just absolutely drained by the end of it and it ended up being too much. So I just decided what is enough for the day. So I have gone back to simplifying in my to-do list and in my workload for myself because, you know, I could do a lot in a day. Like I could fill my day start to finish with tasks, um, you know, with a flexibility because I'm also a, a working from home mom, but it's not good to work every second of every day, right? So I just learned to kind of put boundaries for myself so that I don't end up burnout and that I don't end up overworking myself because I can be satisfied with a day's work and deciding what is enough for me and still not taking every single thing on the to-do list because I've just learned to get a new perspective on my productivity and know like every step I take forward is a win. Like that's a success. So it doesn't matter if I've done 10 things in a day or two, I'm still making forward movement. And that is enough. Like that is what I've decided is enough for me. As long as I'm doing something in my work time, that's moving me forward. I can feel really good about that. And so that has been a huge lesson that has been really helpful for me. Number 15, schedule in self-care. This has been a game changer for me. I've started doing this probably in the past year, but I'm telling you literally penciling it in. No, put it in pin. Actually, I put it on my calendar every single Monday night is self-care night for me. Probably <laughs> this just kind of happened organically because uh, if, if you've seen on Instagram, you've probably seen me post murder mystery and makeup. It's this YouTube series that I'm obsessed with, but this girl puts out new videos on Monday nights. And so I just started doing my self-care nights so that I could watch the video. So I'll make myself a bath, make a little tree or um, a chai or some tea, like whatever, a glass of wine, sit there, watch my show, do a face mask. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. And it just started becoming this routine for me. And now I'm so glad that I do that because I look forward to it every week. And even Christopher knows like, okay, it's Monday night. It's my bath night. It's my self-care night. It's just become a part of our life. And it has been 
so good for me because no matter how busy the week is, I know that's going to be an anchor where I am investing in myself. And it is glorious, especially as a mom. Oh my gosh. If you're a mom and you don't have a self-care thing scheduled in, do that immediately. And it doesn't have to be a whole thing. Like I get it. Not everybody has the leisure in their schedule to do a full on self-care day. But even if it's doing a face mask before bed or making yourself a really yummy cup of tea or something that makes you feel cared for, do that for yourself because it's so important. Um, because you know how it is. Like you can't pour from an empty cup. So make sure you're filled. Make sure your oxygen mask is on before you try to help somebody else, right? So just keep yourself filled and then you'll be more effective when you're pouring out. Number 16. This is such a practical one that I absolutely love. And I think it's so great. Somebody gave me this advice years ago and it has been so good. Like I just, I'm happy to pass this one on. And it's that if somebody pops into your mind, send them a text. Like you never know if it's the Holy Spirit prompting you to pray for them or encourage them. And there are so many times when I will text someone and say, Hey, I'm thinking of you right now. How are you? And I'll get a response that says, how did you know that I needed to hear that right now? Like I'm actually having a really hard day or like I'm going through this right now. And it's so wild because it's like, well, that was so simple. It's not like I had to do this extravagant thing, but you just never know when somebody needs to hear that. So I just kind of made that a system for myself where it's like, if someone comes into my mind, if I'm able to, like, if I have a moment to send a quick text or a voice message, I will. And it's usually like, who, who wouldn't want to receive an encouraging text? You know, like I love that. So I just try to do that as often as I can. And it ends up being really sweet. Number 17, never stop learning slash stay curious. And this goes kind of along with my reading one, but I just think it's so valuable as we grow and as we age in life to never get to a point where we feel like we've learned it all or that we know it all or that we just have completed whatever in life, you know, like we never arrive in life. And so I think it's been really helpful for me to stay curious in conversations. Like even on this podcast, my heart is always to come at it from um, a position of just being curious. Like I want to learn how to love people better. I want to learn how to understand people better and care for people better. And so reading and having conversations with people who are different than me or, um, you know, asking questions, it's such a simple way to always be learning and growing. And um, I think it's just great. So yeah, I'd encourage you to do the same. Number 18, right along with that, learning to love, respect, and appreciate people who are different than you. It's so easy to get frustrated if somebody disagrees with you. And I'll be just really transparent right now. Um, I did an, a podcast episode about abortion not too long ago, and I knew that it was very controversial. And I will honestly say I was a little bit terrified to put it out there, but I just felt like it was something that God was asking me to do and just be brave and, and do it. So I did. And I got a lot of backlash. Like there were people in my DMs, there were people commenting on the reel. There were people who were just spamming me. There was one girl who like screenshotted my Instagram and put me on her stories and was like telling all her followers about how gross I was. And like, yeah. Um, but you know, I, I just learned a lot from that experience and the goal isn't to get people to agree with me. That's what I've come to. The goal isn't to get people to 
the goal isn't to be right in life, especially if you're a believer. The goal isn't to be right. The goal is to love people. And if we're going to love people well, we have to be understanding. We have to be compassionate and we have to give a lot of grace because there are people, please hear me say this. I am not an expert at this. This is something I struggle with. It's something that I'm currently learning, but it's something I'm passionate about because it's so huge when we are able to approach people with kindness, even if we disagree. Like, can you imagine how rare that is in a world where there is literally everything is causing division? It's such a gift that we can bring to the world as believers and just as human beings to be kind to people that are different than us, to care for people who are different than us. I mean, meeting the needs of people in your community and doing those sorts of things like that is not driven by, oh, how can I be with people who like me or how can I be around people who think the same things as me? It's like if we are living the way that Jesus lived, we're going to where the need is. And usually that's with people who are different than us. That's with people who think differently than us. And that's with people who live differently than us. And that is good. Uh, that helps us grow. That helps us become better human beings. And so I have become really passionate about this. And it's something that I really want to continually challenge myself to be pursuing because it's just, we miss out on a lot of goodness in life and a lot of self-transformation when we box ourselves into community that is only like us. Like when we surround ourselves with people that only agree with us and that only think the way that we do, like we kind of start living in this bubble and it's fine. Like that's, that's great. Like that's fun. It's good to have people like that around us that are like-minded. Um, but it's also really healthy and helpful to get out of our comfort zone. I think we all can agree like growth happens when we finally get out of our comfort zone. And so being around people who are different is a surefire way to get uncomfortable. And, uh, if you stick it out to grow. <laughs> Number 19, this has been such a huge one for me uh, in pretty much area every area of my life. And that is don't give up if you don't see results right away. I know this one is hard, or maybe it's just me. Maybe not everybody struggles with this, um, but I definitely do. And it's something that I've had to consistently be patient with myself and gracious with myself and just like get over myself a little bit because there are so many times when I'll start a project or I'll have an idea and I'll try something and I don't get the response that I hope for, or I don't get the results that I'm hoping for right away. And I want to quit. <laughs> and it's like, what? Like, that's not how it works. I feel like our society has just adopted this mindset of microwave success. Have you heard that term where it's like overnight success? We just want the quick fix. But that's really not how it works in the real world. Like true lasting success never happens overnight. It's a it's a process of constantly, consistently making action forward. And so that is something that I have to continually remind myself of because the growth and the success that we see that comes from perseverance is amazing. Like that's so much more fulfilling to be able to look back on a journey where you have persevered and you have stayed in the game and you have stayed the course, like what a testimony, because that's so rare in our world. I feel like, because everybody's like, ah, this job isn't working onto the next thing. Oh, this relationship isn't working onto the next thing, which in some cases, yeah, that's, that's good to do. But if it's something like God is calling you to do something, or you have an idea or you're starting a business, like don't give up before you see the results because you just never know when you're about to turn the corner and everything could change. It could be one conversation or one connection or one podcast episode in my case that could change everything for you. So just stay in it. And also something that's a side note about this that I've also had to learn, especially when it comes to purpose, if you're somebody who struggles with this, it's so complex. Like 
it's, it's such a long game, right? Like living purposefully is not just a one and done, check it off the list and we're good kind of situation. It's a lifelong deciding to commit to the process. And I have come to terms with the fact that, you know what? Purpose is not the same as a successful career. Purpose does not equal career at all necessarily. Purpose does not equal um, money even. And so I think, especially in America, we've come up with this idea uh, and I heard someone else teach about this. Like we've confused purpose with the American dream. And that's really not the point. I was actually just talking about this with my small group the other day. And I would love to do a whole episode about this because it's just been so revolutionary for me getting to this simplification process again in my faith and in my idea of purpose where it's realizing, you know what, at the end of the day, purpose is to know God and to love people. If I take those boxes, I've done my job as a believer. Like that's what I believe is my purpose as a believer. And then um, I've just really gotten to this point where I realize I think that God is more concerned with the what, which is loving him and loving people than he is with the how, which is how that plays out. Um, and it could be your career. It could be in your parenting. It could be in relationships. It could be in your social media or a ministry or whatever. Like that is the how of the purpose, which is loving God and loving people. And so all of that to say, let me tie it up real quick. That I think for me has given me the perspective that I need to keep going if I don't see the results that I'm hoping for. Because at the end of the day, my purpose is not to make a lot of money. My purpose is not to be super successful. It's not to be famous or recognized or, you know, whatever it's, it's to love people well. And this is the how for me, like starting this podcast and doing my social media platform. That's how it's playing out for me. And so I have to remind myself that it's a long game and results are relative, right? Whenever it's loving God and loving people, like how can you really say that you've accomplished that, right? It's, it's going to be a lifelong journey, but that for me has been a huge lesson that I've learned in recent years. Next, number 21. Wait, did I skip one? Hold on. Yeah, I skipped one. Rewind. Number 20, <laughs> just ask. Um, this is such a huge one, but it's really simple. People are always asking me how I get certain people on my podcast, because if you have noticed, most of the people that I have on my podcast are people who have a way bigger audience than me. They're doing way bigger things than me. And it's like, what are they doing in my tiny corner of the internet? But the thing is, I just ask, like, to be completely honest, most of the people that I have on my podcast, I don't know personally until we get here, like ready to sit down and record. I just asked. And honestly, it's something that I used to be so scared to do because I was afraid of being rejected or afraid of like people not caring about what I had to say or whatever, this whole list of excuses. But I think it's Joyce Meyer. She has this quote where it's like, it's better to ask for a hundred percent of the things that you want and get 50% of them than to ask for nothing and get a hundred percent, right? Like if you don't ask, you're not going to get anything. And so, and that's even biblical, like you have not because you ask not. And so for me, I've just kind of adopted that mentality where it's like, what is the worst that people could say? No. And then it's the same as if you hadn't have asked at all. So you might as well just ask. Uh, so that's something that has been a big switch for me where it's like, you know what? The worst that can happen is no, but the best that can happen is they say yes. And, and it's this incredible opportunity. So why not just ask now on to number 21 and that is don't take social media too seriously. Oh my gosh. If I could go back a few years and tell myself this, it would have changed so much for me. I, I don't even, it's embarrassing to even think about the amount of time and energy that I put into 
shooting for social media, paying for photographers to take pictures of me for content, which was like, was amazing. Like I, it was so fun and I don't regret it, but I'm just saying I, I planned out a month in advance, like content planned my feed, make sure the colors are perfect and the captions are written. And like, it was all this strategic plan. And it's like, that's great. Like it was great. And I, I really enjoyed that in the season, but it took so much time and energy and money and like planning outfits and making sure that I was trendy and whatever. And it's like, what? Like probably nobody cared about that as much as I did. <laughs> like it was really pretty content, but at the end of the day, it didn't really matter if I wasn't serving people. So at this point in my life, I've just, again, simplified the process. And it's like, I'll just post when I have something to say. It's okay if I'm not posting every single day. I may not blow up with the algorithm, but whatever. Like that's not my goal anymore. And so I've just found that for me, I don't need to take it so seriously. Like I'm going to have fun. I'm going to share my life. I'm going to post pictures that I like that inspire me and not put so much pressure on myself for it to be this perfect curated thing. Because I think we can all agree, like we're getting over that as a culture. Like we're tired of seeing the perfectly curated feeds and the perfect highlight real lives. Like we don't, we don't really care about that. Like that's not impressive. It's really impressive to see people who are being real because that's vulnerable and it's real life and it's attractive. It's like, okay, I relate more to people who don't have it together and don't have a perfect uh, travel, Instagram, eating delicious meals, wearing the perfect clothes all the time kind of life, because that's just not real life. Right. So don't take it too seriously. Just have fun. Number 22, right along with that, be yourself. I know this is cheesy, but I've really had to learn this lesson in my life because I used to try to be who other people wanted me to be. I mean, with my eating disorders, um, with my uh, other struggles, like people pleasing perfectionism, I always felt like I had to look a certain way or talk a certain way or make certain grades and perform a certain way in order to be good enough for people to like me and want to be around me or accept me or be good enough to be, uh, you know, the one that people think of for different opportunities or be successful. Like the list goes on and on and on. And I wish that I would have taken that pressure off myself because I wasted so much time in my younger years, especially in high school and college, just no, I didn't know myself very well. And so I was constantly trying to be who I thought other people wanted me to be. And it just wasn't, it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work in the long run. It didn't take me too long to realize that's just not sustainable. And I think one of the best ways that I can explain this is this quote I heard not too long ago. And it's like, it's something like the sooner that you are you, the sooner the people who need you can find you. And I just love that because honestly, it was like, whoa, I needed to hear that because if I am trying to look like somebody else, then I'm going to attract the people that are looking for that somebody else, right? Like, but if I'm myself and I am authentically me and sharing my own story and my own insights and my own heart, then the people who actually need me in this world will be able to find me. And I just love that idea. So it's the same for you. You have something in you and in your story that nobody else in this world can offer. Like the unique, think about it for a second, friend, because like the unique combination of gifts and passions and story that you have is unlike anybody else in this entire planet in any point of time. There's nobody like you. And if you are trying to be like somebody else, then there's so many people who are missing out on you, which is so sad. Like don't let the world go without you. Okay, that's my... That's my pep talk for you today. <laughs> Number 23, 
take care of your skin. This again, really practical one, but it's something that I've had to learn. I have had skin issues my whole life, still have skin issues, not as bad as it used to be, but not perfect. And it's something that used to discourage me so much. I, I used to be so insecure about my skin. Um, but at this point I've just moved into like, you know, it is what it is. And we're just going to do what we can to take care of my skin and be kind to my skin and be gentle with my skin and those kinds of things. Like I used to scrub my face so hard, like just wishing all of the blemishes would go away and like doing treatments all the time and just being really harsh on my skin, honestly. And it didn't do anything except make it really irritated and worse. And now I have super sensitive skin because of it. And so I've learned my lesson with that. But now I'm just learning about like, how can I be really gentle on my skin? How can I make sure my skin is hydrated? How can I make sure my skin is happy? Like staying hydrated by drinking water, taking the right vitamins, eating the right things, and then also using the right products, clean products, anti-aging products. Oh my gosh. Now that I'm 28, it's a whole thing. But anyway, now I've come to really love skincare. I'm kind of obsessed actually. And if you haven't heard my Aveda hack, let me tell you right now and enlighten you. It's this way in Texas. I'm pretty sure that they have Aveda institutes in other places, but if you're in DFW, I know this will apply to you. So Aveda Institute is a place like a cosmetology school, basically, but you can go there and get an hour facial for $45, $45. And it's incredible. And so I've started doing this like once a month and it's been so fun, like a self-care day for me. And I get to take care of my skin and it's been so good. So take care of your skin, wear your sunscreen because you're going to wish you did later on. <laughs> Okay. Number four, no, number 24. Where are we? I'm losing my mind. I'm sorry. I'm going to wrap this up for us. <laughs> number 24, be quick to say, sorry. Ooh, this'll, this'll get your, get you right in your pride. Um, but yeah, be quick to say, sorry. It's always worth it to be the one to apologize. Like just be quick to resolve things. It's so worth it. And you'll be happy you did in the long run. Number 25, go outside more. And this is something that's hard in Texas because I know it's burning hot in the summer. And the last thing I want to do is play outside. But when the weather's nice, be outside, get that vitamin D, soak up the sun, go for a walk. It's so refreshing and, and it just clears your mind, especially if you have kids, like get your kids outside. It's so good for you. Number 26, and this kind of echoes everything that I've already said, but you're never too old. It's never too late and you're never behind in life. You are exactly where you need to be and you have the option to make the most of your situation right where you're at. So if you have something that you wish you would have tried sooner, try it. If you have a business that you wish you would have started years ago, start it. Like if you have a book to write that you wish you would have done when you were in your early 20s, do it. Like It's not too late. If you are still alive, then your story is not over yet just do it. <laughs> Number 27, say no more so that you can say, say, actually, let me clarify, say no more <laughs> so that you can say yes to better things. It's so easy to get overcommitted, overcomplicate things, and just fill up your schedule with all these good things. But something that I've really learned in the last few years is the difference between good things and the right things for my season. And so I'm in the season now of simplifying my commitments. And it's been so freeing because I have someone, a mentor who told me like, if you're overcommitted, even with good things, like if a better opportunity comes along or if God asks you to, to do something else, like calls you to something, you want to be able to say yes. Like you want to have the margin in your life to say yes to the right things and the right relationships. So proactively clear out what you need to, to be able to say yes to the right things when they come. 
And finally, number 28, and I will keep this brief because I know we need to wrap up, but it's really, I just had to add this one on here because it's been so good and so freeing for me. And it's just pray about everything. Literally, if it's on your heart, then God cares about it. If it has to do with you, if it has to do with your life, your relationships, your dreams, your desires, your passions, your hopes, your fears, anything, God wants to hear it. He loves it. And I used to spend so much time self-diagnosing and trying to figure myself out so that I would know what to bring to God. But now I just word vomit and he loves it and he just takes it all. And and it just, I feel so free when I'm able to just empty my heart and my mind at his feet because he meets me every time. And even when I'm not feeling it, like I just let it out. I journal it. I'll, I'll sing it. I'll pray in the car, you know, like just come to him. It's been so freeing for me. And I, that's probably the biggest word of advice I can say in all of this, that verse, you know, cast your anxieties on the Lord. He cares about you. It's been huge. It's been a game changer. And so, yeah, that's my list of 28 things I've learned in 28 years. I hope that you learned something. I hope it was encouraging. Um, these are things I definitely wish I would have known sooner or things that I'm currently learning. I'm very much still in the process, but I'm so thankful for these 28 years of life. I cannot believe I'm officially in my late 20s. Uh, but here we are and we're just going to have a great year. So here's my smoothie. Pick up your drink. Cheers to you, sister. Here's to the best year yet. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the ByWord Show. I love having you here and I'm so thankful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and remember, I am cheering you on.